our sponsor for today's episode of The Diojo Podcast is The Diojo. <laughs> they are the ones uh, financing this thing after all. So if you go to the website, thediojo.com, that's T-H-E, in case you didn't know how to spell the, and Diojo is a little tougher, D-Y-O-J-O.com. You can go over to the services tab and slide on down in that menu to freelance writing, and you'll see Diojo offers freelance writing for things such as freelance articles, ghostwriting services, blog and web page content, converting videos and presentations into copy, remote estimating to help boost your capacity, book reviews, and a host of other creative services. There's even samples of written content as well as feedback from customers, such as high-quality, reliable freelance writer, great to work with, quick revisions. <laughs> if that's not a five-star review, what is? <laughs> no, really, what is? Anyways, check on thediojo.com, look at freelance services in the service menu, and hit us up if uh, you want to collaborate on a project. Why write for yourself when you can pay someone else to do it? Am I right? What we're calling this pros versus, or not pro, pro versus Joe, pro and Joe, pros versus Joe, pros versus Joe, pros versus Joe. You like that? You like that? Double, double whammy. Okay. Um. Every seven minutes. Nothing! You lose! Good day, sir! <laughs> this is a great start. Frank Michael taking off the pack to Tom Just in front of that line. Look at this. Metal, On location podcast. Prover's Joe. Nobody! We can't do this. It's, 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 it's over. We're calling it pros versus Joe. So, okay. I never wanted to be about. We can't do this. First Joe. Pro versus Joe. Pro versus Joe. What is them? All of them. What is meant to be spent? What is my order time? Pros versus Joe. Pros versus Joe's. Um, you know, last episode we were talking about Sean Kemp. He was on that, right? Um, who hosted mm -hmm. that? Was that uh, uh, Joe Rogan? No. I thought Joe Rogan off the top of my head too. No, I don't think it was. I don't think so. But um, it's worth a Google. It's worth a Google. We'll get our crack staff on it. So, uh, speaking of sports, though, we wanted to any um, thoughts on the. Um, on the NFL draft? That was interesting. <laughs> wow. <laughs> solid take. Um, solid take. Then I told him you just made a big mistake. Because all I had to do was go like this. And just like that, I killed him with my fist. Michael Strahan yeah, and Jay Glazer. That's right. Jay Glazer and Joe Rogan kind of look the same. They're both oh. short. Well, and they both ball, like uh, ball the guys, and they work out, and they like MMA. Yeah. Doesn't Jay Glazer have a gym? Like a yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. a yeah, he trains a bunch of. I don't think it's just MMA. I think he trains athletes in, uh, for football too. But. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, okay, so you watched a whole lot more of the NFL draft than I did. Um, mm -hmm. I, I what this is a first quarantine NFL draft. Roger Goodell looks and hopefully super. only quarantine NFL draft, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, he's like, um, did you hear? I Okay, I cued in. He was like, hi, I'm Roger Goodell, and we're so sorry to Vegas that we can't be there. And then they show a picture of the strip, and it's just vacant. And he's like, so I'd like to announce as a consolation prize, the 2020 draft will be in Las Vegas. And it's like, wait, you mean 2021? <laughs> And well, and then what was funny now. is the, the next the next pick he was reading. He's like, and with uh, whatever pick of the uh, 20, 2020 draft. Oh, dang, yeah. I got that wrong the first 2020. time. 2020. <laughs> it looked like he just looked so uncomfortable. I mean, he's uncomfortable, yeah. you know. In general. 
in general and then it's like being in his own home it's like you know are you okay roger <laughs> but you said um that his poses changed throughout the draft or whatnot yeah he, he changed he, it was like he had the suit and then by saturday I, like i had said i came in from doing some yard work and all of a sudden i flip it on i'm having a sandwich and he's in a t-shirt Oh, talking about how he's got to clean his window screens and i'm like <laughs> yeah come on man i'm sure roger goodell cleans his windows i know we all have i all married men have honeydews i mean that, that is what it is but i doubt if the nfl draft is being broadcast from your home it's probably yeah. a pass that saturday right yeah yeah it's probably yeah. a pass yeah uh, <laughs> good thing i got them done before this thing got started so. honey the the screens can wait okay yeah. Well, okay. So when, when uh, quarantine happened and businesses went to like zoom calls, there's that infamous mm -hmm. one where the lady brings her laptop into the bathroom, sets it down <laughs> on the floor and just boom, just starts to, you know, drops trowel and starts to take a poop. But, um, and then there's the other one you are. Where the guy stands up and he's in his whitey tighties or whatever, you know, uh, and uh, people call him and tell him, you know, hey, turn the camera off. So number one, those are super funny, right? And we're, we're very thankful that people shared them, but uh, who's the jerk on the team that uh, broadcast that live? <laughs> you know, Seriously. made it, everybody else could see the, the hey, bloopers. Hey, you gotta put that on blast. Come on, man. Yeah. Isn't that nice? So, uh, but wasn't there, um, a friend of mine was saying that there's one where you could see almost the same, like a reflection in one of the screens where somebody in the house was taking a poo and, and they're on camera. Yeah. Draft day. <laughs> and I don't remember what, I, don't, I heard about it on the radio today. I don't know what, it might've been John Gruden or somebody, but apparently their brightness was turned up too much on their screens and they were reflecting off of their like their big board that had their list of, you know, players in, oh, in their geez. draft order. Nice. And you could kind of see it in the window that was directly behind them. But Give I did think it was interesting kind of seeing everybody's home. You got <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury that looks like he's in, you know, some like Tony Montana Scarface type, you know. <laughs> Actually, no, I, it wasn't Scarface. They said it was, uh, if you're familiar with D2, it was when, you know, Gordon Bombay got hooked up by uh, Hendrix and he was in that Malibu apartment. <laughs> <laughs> so just yeah just everybody's house i watched i mean i watched um snippets and then obviously you know checked in to see who the the seahawks picked and uh yeah uh, being from recently from Eugene Herbert went to the Chargers which is you know uh first Ducks quarterback that hasn't won the um um you know the Heisman and then actually goes to a decent team so he might have a shot so um what is uh your your, your boy uh, Marcus didn't turn out too good yeah uh, Mar well, Marcus Mariota I think is what yes. Goodell called him Mariota Mariota Yes, uh, by all accounts, a stellar human being, but um, just hasn't quite uh, translated on the uh, on the football field quite yet. Weren't you saying John Snyder was saying he lives out in the boonies, and so they had to like rip out a bunch of crap in his house to put? Ethan yeah, he he apparently lives in like some remote area where he can't get Wi-Fi very well in his house, and oh, the Seahawks were really because he they were doing all of these trial runs for the draft, right, to make sure there were no glitches and stuff like that. Yeah, and he was saying that he had to rip out. He had to like his, all of his stuff was set up in his family room or his living room or whatever. And, but his router was way far away. Okay. So they had to open up all kinds of walls and basically tear out maybe half of the, half of the drywall in his house to run these ethernet cables <laughs> so he could make sure he didn't crash. Oh, geez. You know? Well, that's, that was the, um, you know, the thing everybody was saying that, um, you know, was the nightmare scenario, the disaster preparedness is you're on the phone, you know, with somebody making a last minute trade and then, you know, it uh, yeah. drops the call or something like that. So as far as you know, nothing like that happened. They were I know the biggest glitch for me was I uh, forgot to extend my DVR recording in round one and literally the C, it, you know, you got this, you got the scroll across the bottom and it says Seahawks are on the clock, pick is in. Roger, they cut to Roger Goodell and literally the second he lifts the card up to start saying, and with the uh, recordings ended. And I'm like, I'm like, 
Where Amber else? Hour, like I have never, never forgotten. Yeah. It's not like it's going to be broadcast on everything. <laughs> but, but, but you sit there for two, three hours, whatever, watching, and you're excited that the Seahawks are actually going to make Finally a pick in the first pick. round, right? Yeah, because yeah. yeah, they've traded out of the first round every year since, I yeah. think, like, what, 20, 2011 or something like that? Yeah. I mean, that's their MO. But it was like, oh, they're going to pick. Okay, great. And yeah. no. So. Yeah. Well, now, thankfully, now ESPN has something to talk about, right? Other than, So you got the NFL draft and um, and the last dance. You know, those are the two things that people can talk about in sports. So, well, well we might get basketball. They say they're going to start NBA uh, practices in May 1st. So. Oh, really? Are they talking about having them wear masks or? They're, I don't know, because they have to go, like, which state the team is in. Because you can't give an unfair advantage to, you know, if a team's in a state that's opening up faster than, say, California or New York or whatever. So they have to figure out logistically, like, that type of stuff. But they they did announce that some sort of um, movement is going to be made first part of May, which is exciting because ultimately we want something to entertain us, right? Well, things uh, – okay, so um, what is it? Is it Wimbledon? Wimbledon's the tennis thing, right? They were – famously, they had their um, business interruption insurance, <clears throat> and everybody's making a big deal out of about that, but they, you know, they basically got 50% of what their anticipated revenue was. So they got 50% of their revenue for this year paid in business interruption, but they've also been paying for the last 10 years. It was like – I think they said it was roughly like $1.5 a year – 10 years. So they paid 10 million and I can't remember what their, it was like 134 million is what they're getting or, or that was half, but that was half of what they anticipated they'd get. So a pretty good return. All in all, they net, you know, better. Obviously they'd rather have the event, but it seems like tennis would be one of those that could go on. Without. Well, was Wimbledon, was Wimbledon already, would, should it have occurred already? Oh, I don't know. I don't, you're, you're looking at me like I follow tennis. I'm not, I'm not a, you, know, <laughs> you, you, you brought that up. You could have used the masters or something else like that. I was bringing up, the, I, I wouldn't know any better there. Thankfully, you know, I got in, we saw the, the opening um, game, me and my two boys uh, for the Sounders. Um, cool. Then there was one other game to the season. And then, you know, that, uh, that got shut down. So well, I've heard, uh, have you heard anything about like the, viability of the mls i know that's one that they're because the xfl went bankrupt are they oh. are they worried that the mls may not make it through you know i haven't uh, that hasn't been one of the things i've seen um mm. i think they're i would say they're because mls is right at that cusp there may be some teams that might struggle with that but uh you know sounders is kind of a sound you know team you know no pun intended Haha, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, um, <laughs> the dad joke. So, <laughs> unintentional. Well, so we were talking about um, offline episode two of the Diojo podcast was with Edward Colson on emergency management. Um, yep. Which kind of ties into that's uh, everybody's kind of you know rocking and rolling and and trying to make things happen from behind. Did you have any thoughts as a Joe, as an as unexperienced? Uh, noob to the industry and a millennial, all those other, um, what other uh, detestable things can I throw at you? Um, any thoughts on um, that episode? Um, oh, wow. Great take. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I was just, all the insults that were coming. I mean, all of the, I was trying to think of anything else I could add to that. Yeah. So I think it's very critical that any organization, um, get in touch with their local health authority, the CDC, World Health Organization, um, and understand that maybe information doesn't move out as fast as they would like, but the information that is coming would be the correct information. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> if you are an organization with employees and you're making decisions based upon unverified or misinformation, that can yeah. have a tremendously detrimental effect to your employees and to the communities and to your customers that you serve. Um, if you steer them in the wrong direction based upon um, some flashy headline or some misinformation right. that isn't backed up by science. Yeah. Um, no, but I, th I think it's interesting. You, you had mentioned the fact um, that you're trying to hire experienced, yeah. like, emergency. Well, I remember, what, what was the term that you guys used? What, what was uh, that well, position that they were hiring? 
management, emergency management, professionals, emergency preparedness management professionals. Yeah. What kind of training do you have to be to go through to be quote like? Is that on your LinkedIn profile that you're a emergency management pro? Well, it's it, it kind of it ties in with um, you know, and I'm not speaking out of knowledge, but it ties in with <laughs> facilities management, risk management, and and basically okay. so. Uh, Ed's experience was with a hospital, so you're preparing right. that hospital. And pre-COVID, right? What are the biggest threats in the Northwest? Here, it's the the. Um, oh, now I'm drawing a blank. The big earthquake. The big uh, or the tsunami or things yep. like that. Yeah, the earthquake that would split. I five. Right. Right. Well, and then a, a big one that's man-made was, um, you know, the shooter scenarios. You know, so. Yeah. Um, you know, so those are thinking through your business, you know, and, and the bigger the business is. So that's like yeah. schools, um, uh, municipalities, uh, hospitals, that could right. be state, local, federal. Um, so, um, you know, the, a wide variety. And I can't remember, Ed said his background was in emergency preparedness at one of the local hospitals there in Portland. So yeah. I, I don't remember what aspect of that, but. It's kind of a, a a branch of risk management, trying to be proactive, preventative. Basically. Well, I, I think one thing that um, to that point that COVID has done is it, it's kind of made you open your eyes as far as whether you're a business owner or just a human in general. Like, yeah, bad things can happen if we're not prepared. And I mean, you just look at like you mentioned on the podcast, the the run on toilet paper. Yeah, why that was even a thing, number one, but number two, like, okay. I remember being in Costco right when this first happened and they weren't, they didn't have any toilet paper. Yeah. And I wasn't thinking like, well, I'm going to need toilet paper because I'm going to have a respiratory like, sickness. <laughs> yeah. Right. But you're like, well, what happens if they don't get toilet paper back for three months? Right. right. So it was thinking like, well, so I instantly, I'm in Costco in the toilet paper section where there's no toilet paper ordering toilet paper on Amazon. Right. Right. You know, it, it naturally created kind of yeah. that sense of like, well, you know what? I really should maybe have one of these on hand at all times yeah. because you never know what's going to happen, whether it's an earthquake or it's a pandemic like we're facing right now. Right. Well, and I think there's two parts of that. Like, um, so supply chain. So things in our industry, like N95s, right. That's like the throwaway, yeah. uh, the masks. Um, but so because the supply, the, the demand, gobbled up the available resources. So I was reading, I don't know all that I know about it, but like, you know, people are, are, are saying, well, 3M should just be making these and handing them out. Well, 3M is saying, look, N95s are not rated as surg surgical masks. Arguably they're better, but they're not rated for. So the liability, if we give a bunch of these N95s to the medical industry, so they're saying, Congress, you have to give us some kind of exemption of liability that if we make these, and so Congress wasn't doing that. And then President Trump made his comments. And so yeah. I'm not trying to say either any of those parties because people were like, well, they should just make them anyway. So it's like, well, no, if you're a multi-billion dollar company, you're, you know, and somebody's going to sue you because you weren't the right mask. You know, it's, it's a lot more complicated questions than just X, you know, A plus well, C. And I think that goes back to, I know we were talking about it a couple of days ago, but like, there are companies now, like cleanup companies that are now advertising COVID cleanup <laughs> services. Yeah. And I know, I mean, I'm obviously like, the company I own. I mean, it's, it's nowhere near the level of those companies, but the sheer risk that you have to take yeah. claiming that you can clean up COVID. Well, and, yeah. and then what happened, like what kind of backlash would you, would you, receive well, if you know say you, you you were hired to clean a school yeah or an office building and then that office or school opens back up and someone contracts the virus hey you're gonna get sued into oblivion if you say that that, that site was clean right yeah. even if you, it was clean who knows i mean there could have been someone after you cleaned that site that was asymptomatic that walked through that site contaminated it yeah. and boom someone gets sick and that's not even your fault but still, you're 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 taking on that liability, and that that's well. And that I, I hate that term "kill" with regards to anything because even if you kill it, that's only part of the equation. I used to use it a lot with, um, you know, we'd give people uh, um, estimates for mold remediation, and they'd say, "Well, this company says they're a third of your price, and they can just go in and kill it, and then spray some paint on it." And I was like, I said, it, "It's a terrible analogy, but if you had rats in your attic, right?" 
and uh, when we were in California, we had rats in this property that we were in, and you could hear them running around. So if I run into your attic with a pellet gun, and I shot all the rats, I killed them all. I got every last one of them, right? And I closed the hatch up, and I walk away, and I said, I've killed all the rats, you know? I was like, have I solved your problem? And they're like, ew, <laughs> you know? It's like, you know, then it's a whole other host of problems. I still need to remove all those dead rats, you know? So right. it's, um, and that's where a lot of people are talking about I think in a lot of ways, people are overcomplicating the approach, but at the same time, just like the 3M scenario with N95s for surgical, there's this liability nebulous aspect that, you know, um, I don't think you should be fear driven that anyone can sue you for anything, but it it needs to be a reality, right? And then I think that, that with businesses, like you said, I think the one positive aspect of COVID well, like all this stuff we're doing for COVID is stuff we should be doing in flu time, right? Anyways, yep. Yep. and it's, it is, so you tell people if you have flu-like system symptoms, you should stay home, but mm-hmm. most businesses don't have any kind of provisions for, well, what am I going to do? I can't afford to stay home for a week so I don't right. get other people sick. So it's almost like you create, and then I'll, yep. if a business thought about all the people that got sick and paid people some time off, well, then what if they abuse it? you know, and those kinds of things. So, um, you know, it, it but, just, but I, I think that's when, I mean, like right now we're communicating over zoom. Like, yeah, I maybe had used zoom once, twice, yeah. maybe before yeah. COVID. And yeah. now there are opportunities for people if they are sick, you can stay home. And, you know, we've created kind of this necessity of having a quote, a home office. I mean, my home office, as you know, yes. I'm under my stairs. Like yeah. I got a five foot ceiling clearance and I'm, yeah. But you know what? It works. I got my I got my computer in there. I got Wi-Fi. I got a printer. I mean, it it, yep. it, it, well, it allows I, me to do my job, right? I took over my wife's when I put this you know backdrop in. Yeah. Uh, um, my wife was like, "Well, it looks like you're taking over this space," and so I built her. You have a nice you have a nice pool, by the way. I mean, that pool. I'm I'm very jealous of. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but the uh, what was I thinking of the um, you know, the objections? Oh, the Zoom call. What's funny is a lot of the initial objections, I talked to some friends and I've been around some companies, they're saying, well, we don't, our, our, how, if our people work remote, how do we know that they're being productive? And it's like, I don't disagree with that sentiment, but at the same time, those companies that have the most objective objections to people working remote is they don't actually have real metrics for understanding whether their people are actually productive. So they're yeah. just scared. If you can sit as a manager in, you know, the traditional bullpen and overlook and all your people are going, you know, you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm a manager. I'm really managing. Whereas there's no actual metrics, whether these people are being productive or hitting their marks and those. So realistically, how many of those people are just on Facebook or Twitter or whatever? Yeah. You know, like, so if you've got crap people, they're going to be crap at work under your supervision or crap at home without supervision. And if you've got good people, you know, how demoralizing if that is that is like, no, I need you here, you know. And um, so I, I wrote an article on that. I know everybody's read it. So I'm just, you know, preaching to the choir. But, you know, your 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 problems with remote working aren't with your um, people. It's with your systems. You know, you don't right. actually understand productivity. So, um, yeah, that's, you know, that emergency management, it brings to light, you know, that we need to be thinking about and preparing for those things. and um, you know, that's, uh, you know, both as a business, you got to change the way you're doing business. It's a new normal, right? Yep. Right. Which goes into, we were talking about, um, our governor in Washington, Jay Inslee, what, 1230 on Friday, right? Last Friday. Mm -hmm. Um, Uncle Jay Jay. (laughs) announces, you know, uh, we're, we're now reopening low risk, uh, commercial and residential construction, um, as long as contractors meet these certain nebulous uh, benchmarks, right? And right. so, um, so my question is, um, uh, number one, that's awesome. Uh, anything we can do to safely get people back to work. Um, I think good. I got it up here, wash the dog. You know, we went down last week and um, Shannon's got an awesome operation and like our dog was stinking. And I know you can get the hose out, but it's just nice to support yep. like yep. a local yep. business and, yep. um, you know, that's, you know, if you're a business owner, property owner, stuff like that, you know, your barriers to getting some help is just crazy. Whereas like people that, that, that had, 
part-time jobs are getting $600 on top of whatever their low salary was. It's like, it's crazy how, um, yeah, pe- m- most, most people that I've heard are making anywhere from 80 to 90% of what they were making yeah, before right. getting laid off, which, you know, what is great. Everyone needs to have support. If you are laid off and you can't work, you, you should receive funds, but yeah, you're also kind of incentivizing people to question, Hey, I don't really want to come back to work right now. Yeah. And that's right. Yeah. I mean, Sorry. And that's, I'm glad I'm not in charge because there's a whole list of things. Oh, but, me too. Me too. But so, um, thankfully there's the, the door is opening to safely get back to work. Right. Um, right. Uh, so how many calls did you get on Friday <laughs> at 1231? <laughs> it wasn't one, but I think, Monday? I think, I think by four o'clock I had gotten, I yeah. think I counted, I think it was nine calls. You guys are going to be here Monday, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. And what's funny is even today, I mean, it's Monday and the shutdown was, you know, it was going to, we're going to go back to work today. Yeah. And, but the, the amount of just, you have to have all of this job site safety postings. You know, we have to have all these forms printed out. You have to have a safety plan. You have to have PPE, which can we even get PPE? Right. Um, I mean, it's, it, it took us three weeks to get masks. I mean, right. luckily, you know, and as a GC, you know, um, most of that stuff, as far as the PPE goes, is, is reliant on your subcontractor. They right. have to provide that. But still, how, they're, they're going to have a hard time getting it. Um, you know, but then there's things that y- you've never been required, like hand washing stations. Yes. One is good. We should have those on sites where we right. are doing construction, right? But, you know, I mean, I live in a, in a development that has a lot of, you know, a lot of activity with the residential home building. Yep. Yeah. And the problem is if you got a framer or a roofer and you're on a house, that's maybe 25% built, you don't have access to running water. That's one of the so last things. Yep. Yeah. So how are you going to be able to provide all of your sites with hand washing stations? I mean, yeah. where are we going to get, are, are those even just like the masks? Are those available? Yeah. I bet they're available. I mean, the government contractors probably have all of them, but you know, for small companies like us, like yeah. having access to where one, where to find them Two, are they available? Three, like, can we even get them? Right. Like, right. And yeah. Well, what is it? You have to have COVID training, but yeah. it doesn't say what that entails. Right. Or how to get it. <clears throat> and then the PPE, but it doesn't specify what that is. And um, I know like on our sites, we have to have a, so, an SDO, a social distancing officer, you know, somebody that's saying, Hey, and then I, you have I to have a check in check out list too, I think is one of the ones I saw. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, to some degree, you, uh, you got to control who's coming onto your work sites and then, um, you know, making sure you're having a pre-test plan or a site specific health and safety plan where you've said, okay, these are the risks on this job site. Right. Um, you know, and if you're doing touch point cleaning and those kinds of things. And then I, I think the positive thing is hopefully contractors and, you know, our employees and everybody involved. It's true. Your client has a, a responsibility to tell you if they have any of those symptoms or if there's been, you know, questions about whether somebody was exposed or even a positive exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Ed Cross that was on here, he's got a, a client questionnaire that you can um uh, have them fill out, you know, what some carriers require, um, even for your liability insurance, and then having a more robust actual, you know, everybody goes through the pre-test plan or the site specific and just kind of goes through the motions, right? It has a toolbox safety. I used to say that I used to work for a big company and we'd have, we worked, we were a big company, but we worked in a small market and we'd have like, um, safety meetings about rigging, um, scaffolding and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, dude, we don't do that. We hire subs to do that. Like, right. You know, we don't run, uh, you know, large scale excavators. These meetings are pointless. And like, well, it's what the company gave us. We have to go through the motions. And it's like, this is ridiculous. Like it's not helping anybody, you know? Right. And so, um, but, uh, but yeah, that's um, kicking things into gear is, is hopefully the right, you know, we've got to adjust to the new normal and, 
all of us. Well, ultimately, we, we want we want not only our customers but our employees and our subcontractors, everybody. We want yep. everyone to be safe. Yep. It is good that we started and we got back up, but I think one, it didn't help. It's it was announced at twelve thirty on a Friday. Like yeah, just that. Like like come on, man. Like yeah. yeah. Do it on a Monday morning and then say that it's going to be announced on Wednesday that it's going to open up or something that doesn't. Yeah. 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 Cause, but you yeah. know what? Anything where it's forward motion, where people can stay safe, but yet we can get the economy slowly back up to where it, should, yeah. you know, where it was it, it yeah. is progress. That's good. Yeah. Well, and especially, I mean, we live in, um, you know, a bit more, I wouldn't say rural, but, um, we're not as dense of populations, you know, so I think that's yeah. one thing, you know, that's missing. It's like, I think I saw a meme. It was like, you know, contributing factors one to through three, you know, population density, population density, population density, you know, so. Um, well, I think you look at a place like New York. I mean, like, yeah. you, you got, you know, families living in a 12 or 1300 square foot apartment. Yep. They're going underground, getting in a subway. Yeah. The public Go, transportation. Yeah. It's, it's. I mean, it's of no fault of theirs, but it just yeah. happens that like there, there's a reason it's spreading faster in those more concentrated areas, right? Well, I read, I was reading on, did you read that article about Sweden and Denmark? The one I read was on Sweden in particular, um, you know, about they've reached herd immunity uh, much quicker. They quarantined kind of their older and at-risk people and then limited, um, very limited restrictions on the quote-unquote you know, non uh, high risk people, mm. they feel like they've reached herd immunity. And that's one thing in America we're talking about because we've done the quarantine in all these areas in the fall, excuse me, we may have round two, whereas areas that have hit herd immunity, you know, they, they may not have that recurrence. So mm. um, that's all stuff beyond my pay grade. So um, even as a pro, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I don't, I don't know that there's really any pros as it comes to uh, COVID-19. So. See, that goes back to the original point. How can you be an emergency management pro? Yeah, if you've never gone through this before. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's line a, on your resume, man. Well, and according to Bill Gates, he told us, he told you guys, and you didn't listen. Well, he can't uh, keep viruses out of his computer, so how is he going to keep a virus out? Oh, it's coming from a Mac guy. Did everybody hear that? You heard it here first. (laughs) Shots fired. Um, Well, um, so that was um, kind of, I know, you know, uh, picking partners. That's, um, I wanted to get your perspective on that because it's interesting. So um, picking partners, working with a mentor, consultant, whatever the heck you want to call it. Um, Mm -hmm. I can remember I went to work for a company in Oregon. Um, I won't say more than that, but... um, Shortly after my arrival, they were having some trouble and they had hired a, um, prior to my arrival, they had hired a consultant. So this college age kid comes in, you know, in a suit that doesn't fit him very well. Um, and he, he interviews all of us in the office. He spent maybe a week there, you know, conducting surveys and doing a lot of, mm-hmm, and um, oh. he gives the owner a report and he basically, I, I remember the report said, um, you know, uh, you really should um, increase profitability um, as well as revenue and marketing and some marketing opportunities would be to go after real estate agents in the area, some local real mm-hmm. estate agents. And I can't remember what else. And I remember I asked the owner, I was like, what the hell is this? You know? And he's like, well, we hired a <laughs> consultant to help us, you know, kick our, our business into the next level. We're going next level. And uh, I was like, well, what did that, stupid ass report cost you and he was like you know 10 grand (laughs) and i'm thinking like oh wow (laughs) so that that was my first introduction to you know high level consulting and i know it was some one of the big if you googled it'd be one of the names that would pop up in the top three for consulting and so Mm -hmm. uh, so from your perspective we talked last time about kind of like how we met Mm -hmm. but has that evolution been um, not just in our relationship as far as like looking at, you know, mentors, consultants, and then also your overall perspective with your partners with like mitigation companies and, and subcontractors, I guess that's a broad question, but. Um, I think it's really important 
kind of we I mean, we've we've, tr we've we've explored a lot of avenues and going down a lot of roads but i think the biggest thing that we've learned is you want to find like-minded whether it's individuals like you and i you know like the relationship we have or like-minded companies where especially like with what we're going what we're facing right now covid wise that you want to make sure that everybody's kind of taking the same stance yeah especially like in the restoration game when you're talking about homeowners if the mitigation company that's referring then the restoration company, if they're telling the homeowner one thing and the expectations yeah. are that the restoration company is just going to come right out and they're going to get the job done and all that, well, then that puts us in a place where that's kind of a, you know, a lose-lose situation for right. us where we're like the homeowner has this certain expectation where it's like, well, when can you start? Yeah. Well, one, it's we still got to go through the motions. It's already going to take you at least a week or so just to get the estimates done and all of that. But then when you add in the COVID component where there may be material delays or whatever it may right. be, you know, everybody has reduced capacities at this point. All those second tier considerations. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's finding people that we can partner with that are, that have our back and we have their back. Right. right. So, yeah. um, yeah, that's, I just, that, I mean, that's huge for me. That is anyone that we partner with, whether it's just from someone that, you know, we just shoot the, you know, what with, like, do you, you just want to be, you want to be on the same level. Do you feel like you get kind of a sense of that or what kind of, in your mind, what are the metrics where you're saying, <clears throat> I guess there's two ways to ask that. Do you think like you get a real good sense of somebody right off the bat? Like, yeah, these are people we need to work with. Or is it more of like, you know who you don't want to work with and then you give everybody else a try. I think you kind of start to learn to kind of see the, I don't even know how to put it, but you kind of learn how to just read people. Yeah. And that's where like, you know, we were talking off air, like networking, like yeah. when you actually have those interactions, whether it's, you know, over a lunch or over a drink or a cigar or whatever, like, when you actually can like sit down and actually talk to someone for half hour, 45 minutes, an hour, whatever it is, yeah. and really kind of just understand how they think and what their expectations are, what their goals are, whatever. Um, I think that's really how you can kind of, yeah. if you don't have that, you're never, you're never going to be able to um, be able to think one, you know, correctly. You're never going to be able to make the right Decision. Well, that's the key. Like even our meeting at Boma, right? Like, like I could be looking at a fail or embarrassing. I got kicked out, but I've always looked at networking events like that. I just need to meet one person that gives me an opportunity. I'm going there to meet someone. Yep. Hopefully, get a lunch with them, and then get a better sense of you know. Like I said, I think we got to feel for each other. And then um, mm -hmm. I read somewhere there's like a CEO that likes to take all of his interviews, his high level interviews out for lunch. Cause he likes to see how they interact with the waiters or waitresses. Yep. Are mm -hmm. they a skis ball? You know, right. are they a jerk to the, the staff? Do they tip, you know, or that kind of thing? Obviously I guess that wouldn't apply because usually you're buying or whatever, if you're <laughs> buying them out. But what do they order? That's a big yeah. thing. What yeah. do they order? Right. Like yeah. what's someone's, you know, habits and things like that. Um, I think, but I think it's funny because you never know where a relationship that you meet, whether it's like for us, where we met, you know, the three of us, me, Brandon, and you, we met at the, at, at that conference or yeah. whatever that was, the vendor fair, whatever. Yeah. But it led to a lunch, which then led to yeah. a referral, which kind of just, it, you know what I mean? It's like explore well, every avenue within reason, right? Don't get, yeah. don't get hitched too quickly but always just kind of see where it goes. Right. Well, I think that's a kind of a funny story too. Without naming names, I referred you to somebody that wanted help from us during a, a particular time. And mm -hmm. that person kind of both gave us the same um, vibe where we're like, not quite sure, <laughs> but this might, and I, I remember calling you and saying, hey, I talked to this person. Uh, this is what I talked to them about. I recommended you. Um, you know, give them a call and you determine whether you feel like you want to, you know, partner with them or not. And you took zero responsibility. You washed your hands. You're like, yeah. Hey, here's a lead. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, 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 hopefully that's, you know, being honest, right. Just saying like, yeah, that they need yeah. help. 
<laughs> the kind of services you provide, I just want you to be aware. I don't know. <laughs> right, right. So and hey, um, it, it it's led to good things, and yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's always important just to. Well, you don't want to get you don't want to get married too quickly, but you always want to you, you, you kind of want to go go down that road, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's I I love lunches because you know number one it's just. I like to eat, you know, I like to try new places and stuff like free, that. And free lunches are the best. Yep. 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 <laughs> we're the companies and it's a win-win. And then I, I do think that's a, a spot where you can kind of get a sense for somebody, um, right. you know, and picking your partners is key, man. I, yep. I think in, you know, at, in that screening and especially in restoration world, I've always told people, you know, that we're kind of leery. Um, a lot of that was working with bigger companies to say, give us three projects, right? I can guarantee you one of them's going to be a little lean, one of them's going to be pretty fat, and then one of them's probably going to be either same or other. But, you know, judge us after three projects, whether our mm -hmm. system works for you, whether our payments, you know, work for you and, and the whole process. And, mm -hmm. um, and that, I've done that with, you know, we used to market a lot to insurance agents. Same, you know, if you're calling me, I know I'm going out marketing and I get a new client. Property management, same thing my first call is probably going to be a crap call, right? They're not going to give me the best, you know, right. Right. It's going to be nine o'clock at night or, um, <laughs> you know, one of my best clients ever, you know, it was like a busted out window or something. And I was like, you and I both know this is not a claim, but I'm thinking, okay, this is your first call. This is a test. I'm going to, I'm going to kick this out of the park and I'm going to go above and beyond. And I remember telling my boss, I was like, I know this doesn't make sense, but, I got a good feeling, you know, you got to get it. You got to trust your gut and um, you know, we passed the test, you know, so um, you got to, you got to earn your stripes, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you never know when you save someone's bacon, right? Like yeah. that, where, yeah. that yeah. impression you put on them, like you always want them to feel like, okay, you need someone. Okay. You can call us. Yeah. You can rely on our company. Yep. You never know like when that situation's going to arise, you just got to be ready. Well, and one of the best things about having a history with somebody is not necessarily that you never make a mistake, but when you make a mistake, you own it right away and you say, hey, this is what we did. And they know, dude, I know you normally don't do this. You know, something must have happened. So I got you, yeah. you know, like, again, apologizing to the client or whatever it is. You got somebody on your side saying, hey, this doesn't normally happen. We've had 50 projects with this person and this has never happened. So I know they'll take care of it. And I think that that also, it works the opposite way where it's like, you can learn a lot about a partnership sure. when something does go awry that yeah. was out of your control. And yeah. how does that partner yep. deal with it? Whether it's a client or a partnered vendor, yep. if some, you know, cause it's inevitable. I mean, shit's going to hit the fan every once in a while. It happens. Yep. It's yep. The world, I mean, the world is what it is, yep. but how does that, that partner, do they have your back or do they yep. instantly just cut you off and, yeah. blame everything on you and boom, you're, you know, you're done. And well, I think, those are not the companies you want to partner with. Well, I think you and Brandon and I were talking about, you have an adjuster that seems to be really cool and like mm -hmm. objects him seems we to be. A couple, really, we have a couple now. We have a couple that we really, really like. reasonable. And I said, just yeah. wait till, you know, I tell people the same thing. I told my own daughter, you know, when you're dating, you know, it's um, wait till you have your first real fight and see, it's not that you're never going to have a fight, but does the person fight Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody. Fair, right? Is yep, it, right. you know, if you screw up, you know, um, people should be disappointed, right? Like they should expect yeah. that you do it right. But are you going to say, man, that really sucks, but this is what we're going to do, you know? Right. And, um, and then, you know, if they completely throw you under the bus and, you know, then it's like, wow, you know, okay. Yeah. So, which, um, which happens. And then yep. you're like, you know what? Yep. Just, that's not live the right work. partnership. Live and learn. Yep. Well, so we were we were looking up offline. Um, do you have that stuff? <laughs> some of the worst. Um, I do. I do. Business partnerships or marketing. So we're gonna try something here with uh, sharing the screen. So I know <laughs> this won't play for the um, podcast audience. So we'll try to explain it. But these are what fifteen legendary marketing fails from um, the site everybody goes to, unbalanced.com. From <laughs> 2013. Okay. Boom. You know, so very, very current. The MySpace crowd. Yeah. So, uh, 
So what does it say? Want more expert advice to help you crush your marketing goals? And here's a billboard. I take a sheet in the pool. And these are sheet energy strips. <laughs> so they got, got a, a, it's got a yeah, Olympic swimmer. Olympic swimmer and uh, she's and and uh, it says that it's the energy strips are sold at GNC. Yeah, Seven Eleven. And I don't know if you see in the upper left corner the uh, URL back then was takeasheet.com. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> Do you think they knew it was ridiculous and that's what they're going for, or is this? I, I hope so. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the um, the Kmart. Um, I just shipped my pants, right? That was genius. I mean, obviously, right. it saved their brand, but uh, right. yeah, I take a sheet in the pool. <laughs> Why don't you explain this one? Okay, and then you got a uh, looks like a subway tunnel, and the sign across the tracks from the platform says, "Come a little closer." <laughs> You have to, so for the, the podcast audience, you have to cross the subway tracks in order to read the poster. So somebody wasn't thinking. That. <laughs> we'll scroll down here. Uh, it, oh, man. Uh, what is some, that? Some, is that some a, of these, um, they just got to see. Well, you got, you got the, the magazine fold. So one of them on the left is, it says. It's like one of those diet tricks. Things. It's like, yeah, like a diet like a, maybe a workout shake or something like that. And then on the right of the fold, you got a, <laughs> like a. <laughs> so the way the magazine, magazine's set up, it's twofold. On the left side is a, a shake. Someone's pouring a shake in, trying to show you their delicious shake. And it lines right up with this lady's butt. So it looks like she's having <laughs> diarrhea into the cup. So um, I guess the message <laughs> pages combined is uh, drink diarrhea and you'll lose weight. So. Yeah, that's right. Oh my gosh. Oh no! Oh. And see, these aren't even and, and like this one is just because of where the magazine happened to be arranged. Like you got this horrible picture, you know, this advertisement release. Yeah, these cleft palate kids, which is so sad. But oh, then no. on the right, you got this mobile app or a mobile phone that says, "I am laughing so hard right now." <laughs> <That's> <laughs> just. That looks like my first cell phone. That's like from 2000. So no, yeah, you play Snake on it or something? <laughs> Father's Day fail. Okay. So this ad um, says, um, this is a Father's Day. This really makes you want to treat them. I don't see where the... What, so what's right the ASD? What, do, you know what, do you know what ASDA is? No. What, let's, let's Google that real quick. ASDA. What is the ASDA? What, what, that is... Online food shopping? Well, now they're responding to coronavirus, so who knows what they were. It's a so it says Asda Stores Limited, trading as Asda is a British super. So it's a, it's a grocery store. So it's probably their like Whole Foods or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so right below, there's an arrow saying, treat him this Father's Day to Asda. Why pay more? But right above the ad, it says one in four women will be beaten by husbands. Um, so we're trying not to laugh on spousal abuse. No, it's not, the, it's not okay. We are not pro. The ad, <laughs> one in four million will be beaten by husbands. Treat him to this Father's Day to Asda. So, boy, just unfortunate. Uh, I wonder if Asda was like, what the hell? Oh, man. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, you go ahead, Brian. This is a... We're going to skip that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll explain it. Go back up. Oh my god. Uh so it's a guy in a wheelchair rolling up to the elevator and on the elevator it's like a peace health ad or something like that in Minnesota. For Blue Cross. Today is the day we take the stairs. <laughs> Obviously he was not the target audience. <laughs> This is the last one. Uh, uh. Okay. I don't know if we're allowed to say this one on the air. This was 2013 when this was posted. It is, is 2020. Okay, what is the company, though? <laughs> so this is a poster. Okay, this is a poster, and it says it's got... Hey, we, are not, we are not racist individuals, okay? Yeah, we're just I have many. Reading ethnic. what the sign says. <laughs> so there's there's they show a couple different ethnicities of children on this poster and it says everybody deserves to be treated equally 
and the subtitle on the bottom is, it doesn't matter if you are black or yellow or brown or normal. <laughs> Words on the street, this may be fake, but still. Yeah, it doesn't have a company attributed to it. So, um, yeah, good grief. <laughs> or normal. Okay. But you said you had some other... Uh... You had some other uh, um, brand fails, right? That you found that someone sent you. Well, one of the many, was, one of the many Diojo uh, followers that you have. Yeah, the tens of. Hey man, it's a hundred now. I, I heard. Uh oh, I clicked out of my screen here. Um, so, and then we talked about um, the last dance. What the Sonics had, Scotty Pippen. They actually drafted him eighty-seven, right? And, or two, uh, right? Tra traded him to the Bulls for Olden Polynice. Olden Polynice, right? <laughs> well, but uh, who was it? The Blazers had Jordan, right? And they chose well, they didn't want they didn't want to draft Jordan because they had Clyde Drexler, Clyde Drexler. So they picked Sam Bowie. So that's eighty four, right? 84, yeah. Can you imagine Michael Jordan and Clyde Drexler playing on the same team? No. Holy cow! Can you imagine? You're from Oregon. I'm from Seattle. If Michael Jordan was on the Blazers, so and I'm all not, that was happening in Beaver, I mean, you got Beaverton right there. I mean, yeah, that would have been. So I'm originally from Seattle, went to California, went to Oregon, came. You're back. a Duck fan though, so therefore you are from Oregon. Okay. It is what it is. Okay. Well, but, okay. So, so, um, which is worse, the um, Blazers the Ducks. had Jordan. <laughs> The Blazers had Jordan, and they picked Sam Bowie. Or the Blazers could have got – it was Kevin Durant, right? Kevin Durant, right. And they chose – they had um, Aldridge right. at the time. Mm -hmm. And so they chose Greg Dick Pick Odin. Odin. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his career, he's basically not known for – I don't know if that made – I'm sure it made national news, but in Oregon it was big. It was like, hey, we got this. Oh, yeah. We could have had to Kevin Durant, but um, here's this guy showing his wiener on uh, the internet. So um, it worked out for Brett Favre. Nah. <laughs> Fabry. Well, he got That's traded. Favre went to the Vikings. So the Jets. They, he was when he was on the Jets. That oh, was that one random year. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but what? So the others. We looked up another list. It was like U2's two's album in 2004. So U2 paired with Apple. They had this great idea. They're going to release this album, and we were all forced to have it in our iTunes. Um, you know, what's your favorite jam from that album, there, guy? I I remember I tried so hard to just delete it from my iPod, and I couldn't. I couldn't <laughs> it kept do it. Reloading. Yeah, <laughs> just it would keep reappearing. <clears throat> What, uh, what about um, um, the, the drink to end all drinks, uh, Crystal Pepsi? Um, That's right. The same Pepsi flavor, just... Or the, the, the new Coke, when they try to change Coke. Yeah. Okay, so new Coke, I think, was 85. <laughs> or how about when uh, Budweiser got... Didn't they, for like a year, didn't they try to rebrand it to America? Are you serious? I don't yeah, remember that. Yeah, it was like a year and a half ago. It got Because I think it got bought by... A, Oh, uh -oh. remember I got bought by a European company or something like that, yep. and they tried to change it to America. Like... You know, Budweiser already is America. <laughs> um, well, what about? Who doesn't like a Bud Heavy every once in a while, right? <laughs> what did you What did you call it? The iPod Killer. What was that product that? Was... Oh, the Zune. Yeah, the, I remember the, the Zune. Microsoft yeah. Zune. Uh, yes. Bill Gates warned us about COVID, and he also, uh, you know, iPod what? So, uh, that was you know what you know what killed the iPod video the iPhone yeah oh yeah <laughs> well uh, and that was um, I, I read about that uh, 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 good grief Steve Jobs he was like you know if we don't do this somebody else is going to do it and so and the iPad was one of their leading revenue lines at the time and so well do you remember what the big thing that the Zune had the iPod didn't do you remember that. Uh, it was it was huge. Not only was it huge, but you also could get FM and AM radio on it. Oh, mm. that's what everybody wants. Killer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? I don't yeah. recall. That's probably why it was so big. It had to have some big antenna that probably gave you COVID back then. You know, my first car was a Datsun 210. Love that car. Okay. It had an eight track 
um, cassette players, they're an A-track player still in it. And mm -hmm. so the only way initially I could get my disc man to play my CDs was this little receiver that you got at Walmart that would, you turn the dial to get to some radio station with static and it would play. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I remember I had one of those too. And then it, uh, mine had a tape deck in it. So my, mine, I could plug in the headphone jack yep. and then put the tape deck in. Yeah. And then you go over above. And like, oh, and I figured out how I could take my, my receiver out and there was an auxiliary port in the back. So you figure out how to wire. Yeah. So I had to. Kids these days will never understand both the pride of showing people your, your, your sleeves of uh, your folder, CDs. your three ring binder of CDs. Yep. And also the utter despair if that ever got stolen, you know, or scratched. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Man, there's nothing like a scratch CD. A scratch CD. Yep. Just, um i think the only the or uh, or you had the the walkman right yep. you had the anti-skip yep yep yeah yeah the yeah you you had the those were the cd players you had to buy somewhere other than walmart so <laughs> uh, okay so here's maybe we'll close on this question do you remember the first album you bought with your own money smash mouth are you serious no kidding okay yeah Mine's not a whole lot better. <clears throat> Smash Bros. is great. What are you talking about? Okay. Everyone wants to be an all-star. <laughs> <laughs> well, I bought uh, Boys to Men when they were still a quartet. Boys to Men 2. The two There's albums. nothing wrong with Boys to Men. I know. That's a great, that's a great first I'll album. I'll make love to you. Um, <laughs> Um, and then uh, the first rap album I ever bought uh, was uh, Skilo. Um, I wish. You remember that one? Mine was Country Grammar, Nelly. Country Grammar, Nelly. Okay. I am, it's still a point of pride for me to this day. There's a track on Skilo's album where he says, everybody remembers that I wish, right? I wish I was a little bit taller, I wish I was a baller. Yeah. There's a track on there where he says, if you ever want to be as fat as Ski, you have to be a Big Mac, a BLT, a quarter pounder with some cheese, a filet of fish, a hamburger, a cheeseburger, a Happy Meal, a milkshake, Diet Coke, and bigger, larger, smaller sizes, chicken oriental with salad on the side. Tell me there's not a- Mic drop, mic drop. Redfin pin drop. <laughs> Tell me there's not a better line than that. No. I also tweeted Skilo. Um, something came up in my um, memories or something like that, and I made some stupid ass tweet about like um, you know making white boys dance since like 1996 or something like that. And I think I probably offended him because he did not retweet that. <laughs> so hey, it's okay. Tone deaf. What 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 what's what's the most recent rap album you've purchased from Sam Goody? Uh, a, a disc, a full disc. Uh -huh. Do you have a CD in your house right now, John? Yeah, dude. When I go into the garage, I still enjoy it's. There's no nostalgia like it. It sounds like a record. It's not like it sounds any different, but I do enjoy still firing up the first cool sound system that me and Kelsey bought when we had a little bit of money. I've got it in the garage, and uh, whenever I'm tinkering in the garage, I listen to my old CDs. So. Well, you know what? Speaking of that, we got to talk about, if you're talking about old sound system, I mean, you've seen the speakers we got in our office. Yes. Yes. Those 1972 Pioneer speakers, man. Those oh, yeah. are, those are good. For some reason, my stepdad had um, a collection of speakers. My whole room was just speakers, you know, and then yeah. you're cutting the wire and then splicing yep. them together and trying to jam them into the two ports in the back of your CD player. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude, so these the, these these pioneer speakers from the seventies, man. We found them in this apartment. We were we were <laughs> remodeling, and they still they on eBay. I looked them up. They're like they sell for like three hundred bucks, three fifty. Like they sound good. Used to, oh yeah, they're all wood, and they got like those fourteen or fifteen inch woofers on them. So like, nice. You throw some old school hip hop on there, like some Dr. Dre or something like that, man. They. You know, I could probably say the last rap CD that I bought was a local artist, um, a good friend of mine, a man named Sugar Nuts. And um, 
Um, I, I, he probably actually gave it to me. I think he gave me all his albums, but um, I loved, when I lived in Albany, there was a really good- He, he I, had enough money at that point. He was just giving his albums away. Yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a metal guy, right? Like uh, okay. metal and punk. And when I got to Albany, there's no metal and punk bands. Um, what, it, what, what kind of music do you like in Albany? It, there was a really good rap scene. I mean, there's some serious, like Marcus the Great Wright, um, uh, shoot, I'm, I'm true. Um, this one guy was like a chopper. Like he goes, -da 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 -da. um, why can't I remember his name? He was seriously better than anybody I've heard that does that. Sugar nuts. Um, this little guy, like little pint or pint size. Uh, why can't I think of that other guy's name? The Marcus, the great white, I found out he's, uh, he's got his own like food truck line. Um, uh, very, he was that good at rap that he. Got, oh, I feel trips. like he was good. I put him up against any of the. I, so that was the last album. The last full album I bought was Words Played, um, but that was on like iTunes or whatever. So what's the last CD uh, rap? You said rap album that you bought. Mm. I remember I bought Blueprint Three, the Jay Z album. Uh, what was that like? Two thousand. I was in yeah, two thousand nine. I think when it came out. That was the last one that before it kind of all shifted to so what's digi digital digital is by songs right what's the last full album do you remember the last full album on iTunes that you bought that I actually purchased or that I now that I have Apple music I downloaded where, where are we going with let's that? go purchase let's go purchase. purchased um, hmm. full album that's like commitment right because it is it was like that was like 15 16 bucks um yeah i think i think i i for some reason i remember in college buying the blueprint three it was a big deal when it came out and i yeah. i think that was it because then i went and jay-z hadn't performed in seattle for like 12 10 something so, long time and we went to the key arena show in college oh dang how much the, do you remember how much those tickets were 175 dollars like they were it was, it was really cool though. I mean, there were a lot, Rihanna was there. Jay, uh, Kanye wasn't there, but it was when they had done all those co collaborations with Alicia Keys and it was a, that's it was awesome. Cool. Well, yeah. Rage was supposed to be end of April at the Tacoma dome and mm -hmm. those tickets were just going off the charts. But, um, I saw, I follow Tom Morello on, um, on Instagram and he was like, he goes, if they're selling for over like 125 or something like that, that's not us. That's scalpers. You know, we, you know what's funny? It's so limit. Um, we bought Chris, Stapleton, Chris Stapleton came last summer, I think two summers ago to the white river amphitheater. Oh, and um, I have a capital one car. I think he's no, it's the city card. It's a Costco card. Um, and city it's like called the city card tour or whatever. And if you have the city card and you pay with it, you can get um, pre-sale prices on it. So my wife sends me a link. Hey, Chris Stapleton's coming. So I buy it. Well, inevitably, I buy the tickets for Friday night. That's when he's in like Eastern Washington. Oh, no. I noticed like, like a week later. It wasn't the Gorge. It was somewhere like Tri-Cities or something like that. Maybe Spokane. Um so then I realized, oh, I bought the wrong ticket. So I went on and bought on for Saturday night in the White River Amphitheater. Well, come to find out, it was actually a really good investment because I'm not going to use these Eastern Washington tickets. Yeah. And I was able to make like three times what they what I paid for them because oh. you got them at a reduced rate with the card. It was great. Oh, that scalper game worked for you, huh? Well, That's right. Now hey. you know. Hey. Mine's the reason your tickets were uh... – so expensive. Sorry, Eastern Washington people. <laughs> well, cool, man. Well, thanks for uh, joining us again. And yeah, man, thanks for having me. This is great. Me, um, well, this is this is as much you as me. You're the Joe. I'm the everybody the pro. The pro. So, uh, any closing thoughts? When do you get to all pro status? When it, are you ever going to get to that? Like, I you got to pay the fee. It's like everything. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the renewals are just ridiculous, you know. Uh, but the residuals that come with the renewals. You know, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> yeah, 
that's always well that's uh you know i actually have always looked at like certificates it's like you know how many times do people ask you well do you have this this and this and it's like ah, never so you know that's cool that you have a thousand little doo-doo-doots by your name so okay <laughs> so all right do you man. get free M- do you get free msm now I-, I i've always wanted to ask this no free msm now because you got no i don't think they watch you know so they're closed right than a mike's deluxe man are they closed yeah i went by there the other day i was jonesing and um they've decided to you know for the safety they're paying their people from what the sign says on the door and um yeah a mike's deluxe man it's just at the msm that's uh, okay so shout out can we get some free msm maybe we shout this out Hey, MSM, you you want to sponsor the Pro vs. Joe segment? Boom. We will gladly take Boom. your subs. Let's I'll see. eat a sandwich every time we sit down and do this. Yes, please. <laughs> Look us up. So. That's right. All right, man. We'll see you okay, later. Okay, buddy. All right, man. Right, right there. John Travolta's. Oh, in a. <laughs> what? I'm trying to remember. There's some way that this clock is is responsible for coronavirus. I went to the week before we got shut down. I went to the um, discount or whatever secondhand Dog. store. My daughter store. in Sumner. And they told me this is John Travolta's clock. And I was like, is it really John Travolta's clock? And they're like, well, it's like one that was in some movie that he was in. Oh, that's it. So I actually harvested this. I put, I got at Ross two Corona, uh, you know, Wi-Fi speakers. And I jammed them onto the backside. So that this thing bumps. And so John Travolta, coronavirus, Corona, the week before quarantine. Quarantine happens a week later. So John Travolta is responsible for coronavirus. Thanks. Was it like was it like Pulp Fiction John Travolta or like No, probably some movie nobody knows. It's like, like God when he played Gotti and everything. <laughs> well this is it's a Lex tone, so it's like the seventies or something. I was gonna okay. say it's recent stuff, but this would be uh, Maybe it's like Grease or uh Saturday Night Fever. He's become kind of like a Nicholas Cage who's just cranking out. Yeah. Yeah.